Welcome to the Tavern Cast Network. We're at Michigan's premier multi-tap, Ashley's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where we're working our way through the Ultimate Beer Tour. Three guys, 130 beers, 32 styles with a few stops along the way. And this is What's on Tap. Welcome to Ashley's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan, for another episode of On Tap. I'm Eric. I'm Bryce. And I'm Mike. Give us a call here at On Tap with your thoughts or your own take on the beer we're drinking on the show at 734-418-7077, or if you're on Skype, use the name TavernCast and leave a message. You can chat about beer and the show on our forums at www.taverncast.com, and if you love On Tap, make sure you check out TavernCast, our main show. It's 100% pure fun, anything goes talk, covering a wide range of topics with plenty of drinks, music, and comedy. Always available at our site or on iTunes. Just search TavernCast. Come check us out. All right, we got a great show today. It's kind of our uh, Michigan craft no, I don't, beer no, show. No, we don't. We don't have a great show. <laughs> Not no, yet. Oh. The show sucks today. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Well, here, let me let me start over. The beer pope has spoken. The beer pope has spoken. <laughs> and I'm infallible. <laughs> We've got a really. Sad, this show sucks horrible today. program today. Yeah, we, we apologize in advance. Bereft of content. Bump bump ba bum. Oh, bump bump ba bum. Isn't that prices right? Yeah. Bump bump ba bum. Bump bump. No, that's the upside. You gotta think of the horns when they get it wrong. Bump bump ba bum. Oh, is it? All right, so this is kind of the Michigan craft beer show today. We got an old style ale from Bell's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to go to a brewery called Original Gravity in Milan, Michigan, to talk to the owner and brewmaster, Brad Sancho, about the basics of brewmaking and a lot more, so stick around. We've been there a couple of times before, haven't we? (laughs) Our uh, our official Taverncast pictures were taken in that brewery. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. If you look at the About the Show page, or no, it's the cast page. Yeah. And at the top of the cast page, you'll see a a sign. Neon sign that says beer. beer. And what site? What site is that again? www.taverngas.com. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> so I want to. I want to say on a somber note, we lost two longtime friends of ours in the last couple of days, Miss Barbara Billingsley and Mr. Tom Bosley. Did Tom Bosley die Tom too? Tom Bosley died of lung cancer two yesterday or the day before. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So TV's mom and dad. You know what? I have to. I have to admit, I've been watching Leave It to Beaver lately on on uh, Roku. <laughs> on you know Netflix. what? I have to admit, I have no idea who you're even talking about. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was June Cleaver on Leave It to Beaver. Oh, I would have thought her she more, was dead. Her more, her more, uh, her more probably even well-known role on Airplane as saying, the jive, the jive talking oh. old lady. <laughs> Say it, man. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cutty say can't hang. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. Just hang loose blood. She gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama didn't raise no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp don't want to help. Chomp don't get the help. Okay. 
That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom Bosley, you know who that is. I have to say it's about the dad on Happy Days. On Happy Days. Ah, okay. And among and other things, but that I was... have to say for Leave It to Beaver, going back, I haven't watched it since I was a kid, right? And it's yeah. kinda got this whole like cheesy reputation of being, you know, just like Gee Wally. Gee Wally. It is like that, but the thing is, it's a really funny show. They had this episode I watched the other day where and it's probably just because it's like dated now and this would never happen. It's really cheesy. But the boys get in some kind of like comic book or something, they find an ad where they can purchase an alligator from Florida and have it sent to them. <laughs> so they get this baby alligator and they're like hiding it in the toilet uh, tank and, and you know, they don't know what to do with it. And Oh, it's fantastic. You know, they probably don't have ads like that in comic books anymore, do they? No, well, it would be totally inhumane. I remember they, right? well, yeah, but I mean, remember in the in the old days, like the comic books had all those old like, you know, x-ray sea glasses. Monkeys. Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you there's still sea monkeys. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. Are you sure that was like show. The, the MST3K version of it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we were at a party uh, Saturday night, and um, there was PBR, Pabst Blue Ribbon, and and a full set of Michelob beers, Amber Bach, Honey. Captain May, I didn't have any of them. There was the uh, what, the Ghetto Blaster. Ghetto Blaster. I meant to try that. Well, Ghetto Blaster is a good craft beer from Michigan, but, uh, but I'm primarily talking about oh, the you're, PBR you're... and the Michelobes, and I was surprised <laughs> because I had PBR for the first time. And you know, we've talked a little bit about. I've never the, actually had it. The big, so. the big name beers here on the show. I, I don't want to say too much about <laughs> this. Price is a convert. At the party, I'll <laughs> say that the PBR was not bad. Hey, everything's got its place, right? Yeah. yeah. It did win a blue ribbon. It did win all. a blue ribbon. Right. And after win. years and years of not having um, Michelob Amber Bach and trying it again, now Amber Bach was one of those early beers where it kind of pushed me into other beers. Going back and having Amber Bach, you know what it's a lot like? Is that Sam Adams Black Ale we all liked on the regular Tavern Cast? I haven't had it's that. Similar I can see that. Yeah. It's similar in flavor. It's an easy drinking malty black beer, thing. but it's not like a big heavy stout or anything. I'll yeah. try that next time I go to the grocery store and it's sitting there. I, I, I do like I said last show the Michelob. I like the basic Michelob. That's that's pretty good. Standby. Yeah. Well, our cred is sinking if we're talking about. Well, but I, on the other so hand, on the other hand, you had better better beers there too. For example, Old Speckled Hen. Old Speckled Hen. I only did two bottles. Those. I know. Only two well, bottles. I did it for you guys. Which went quick. <laughs> they but. did go quick. You know what? God, the show's going to end so soon. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're at a free Only two years to go. <laughs> we got five beers in. We're at our Ultimate Beer Tour free appetizer today. We do today. get a Woo-hoo! free appetizer today. Let's order an appetizer. And we get three of them. <laughs> well, we can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should parcel those we can, out. We can, we can stretch these out a little bit. <laughs> so what's on tap today? Continuing our ultimate beer tour, moving away from the bitters and into another English ale style, the old ale category. So what's old ale? Old ale's, uh, it's a style of beer, it's it, it's applied to dark malty beers with Yay. just a lot of sugars in them. Yay. And they're held in a barrel to mature, mm, so it's like a wine sugar. or a port. Um, it's commonly called things like barley wine, um, Stock ale, winter warmers, or the <laughs> oldest definition, which is a keeping ale, and they call this stuff because they It'll put it keep. in barrels to let it keep and mature. This is one of the few beers that you can actually lay up, and like a wine, which is kind of cool. Wow. And, and this is how port gets made with these beers. 
right? No, no, no. Port is wine. Oh, right. Port is made yeah, from wine. That's not how it works. No, oh, not, not everything good is made out of beer. <laughs> Most things good it's are, like, though. Oh, I love those Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups. They yeah, must they be made of be beer. Made beer <laughs> Man, this is a great filet mignon. That's some good beer that went into this. So it's going to be sweet, malty, and high alcohol. Huh? I, I'm looking yeah, forward to this. This is too bad. Ports are my favorite wines, and so if this is in the same vein as those i am i would say that it's it's this it. is pretty similar to like the port of beer like a, a wine of beer this is going to be much closer to a wine than anything yeah. else so um it, it, it's funny that an earlier version of this beer was also called majority ale and this was called this because they would brew in the old days they'd brew a beer for the birth of a child and then they lay up that beer in casks until the kid oh. grew up to be oh, 21. That's awesome. That's an right. awesome and then idea. Like drink, isn't that a cool 21 yeah. or like 13? Well, 21. Well, <laughs> age, age of, of majority. So maybe back then age of majority was like 12 when they could go out and work in the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the fields. It's still a cool idea though. It is like a cool that. idea. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you just need a beer with a lot of alcohol and a lot of sugar and put and it somewhere away. Somewhere safe to keep it. Yeah, it's to- hopefully it doesn't explode. Yeah, right. Or Eric doesn't come by. So, <laughs> the beer in the old ale style we're drinking is Bell's Third Coast Ale. Um, Out of Kalamazoo. Bell's is kind of a Michigan staple of the brewery. Oh, yeah. Anybody over, ever been over to Kalamazoo, to Bell's? I've, I've been to Kalamazoo. I have not been to the brewery, though. I've driven by the brewery, but I have not actually stopped in. They supposedly have a really good... Um, uh, pub there where they draw the beers from, and it's supposed to be a, a yeah, good sounds place. cool. We, we should, should go. make that a road trip. They got a garden, right? They got like a little beer garden. They That's do. Awesome. They do. They're actually one of the best known craft brewers in Michigan. They're prolific. I think them and Arcadia, those two guys, are probably well the known, biggest yeah. in Michigan. I would makes say. Makes sense. Yeah. And they do some really good beers. Uh, Oberon is famous. Bell's from Oberon. Them. So Bell's uh, Too Hearted. Bell's Too Hearted is one of my favorites. You love Bell's really Too Hearted. Really hoppy. Right? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so interesting thing about the bottle labels on this particular beer, Bell's Third Coast Old Ale. Um, supposedly, and it's not on our bottles, which is once again one of those little beer tricks that the brewery says one thing and then we find something else, but you know, whatever. They say that there's 24 different front labels that map all 3,288 miles of the Michigan coastline. So that if you collect all these labels, you can put them together and make like a map of the Michigan coast. Oh, so they had parts of maps on it? Because this is like a winter scene, it looks like. Is it life-size? Looks like a tree line with snow and stuff. No, maybe be, well, maybe I, that was last year they did that or this something. This is a winter warmer too, right? And yeah. old ale is a winter warmer, so maybe they just change it out for the holidays. Well, those, I mean, sure. you could certainly see something like that along the Michigan coastline. So, and the best thing is, this is a ten percent ABV. Oh yeah, ale. Nice. So uh, this will get you trash. Much more so than any other beer. So. Yeah, forty pr- no, twenty proof. So let's give this a smell. Let's go try. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. That's kind of what I expect. It smells sweet and malty. Definitely sweet. Almost fruity. Yeah, it has a... Molasses. I think it's kind of yeah, sour. Yeah, kind of a molasses. I got a molasses coming off. But. Yeah, definitely. Almost like a yeah, almost like a syrup, like a maple syrup. Yep. Yeah, maple, right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Molasses or maple. Talk about a, um, a contrast between this style of beer and the bitters we've been drinking in the nose like the bitters hardly ever had a nose at all yeah this yeah. has a little bit more one and it's funny too when they say this is like a wine it's definitely got a got a, a bouquet like a wine it's more of a fruity yeah. complex yeah getting some antifreeze smell on there which isn't so surprised any vomit in there uh, any vomit no, no vomit, yeah, no vomit. Wow. you know so I'm actually I'm glad gonna, we're breaking I'm gonna aerate me. the beer a little bit swirl it around because it just in wine that always opens up the nose a lot 
messes with the molecules, Ooh. like you said, and it changes it the smell. I'd be curious what you get out of that. It does change it a little bit, doesn't it? What, it opens what's it up. What's change it to, Bryce? It's vomit. It's got to be vomit. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> All right, let's go to taste. It's heavy. Yeah. It's very heavy. Although, as a barley wine goes, I've had other barley wines or old ales. This is not the strongest that I've had. Oh, yeah, no. Some of them are really not... They don't even taste like beer. Yeah. I would say this as... This is still a very distinctive taste. It's not like other beers. It's a very McEwen... Like a McEwen Scotch ale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very malty. Okay, yeah. Um, sweet. Yep. It's super malty. But the interesting thing is the nose has got a lot of sour... But the taste doesn't have a lot yeah, of I've got some lingering right. hops in there. i got a lot of lingering It's a little bit of bitter, yeah. Sitting on my tongue. The thing is, though, when you first suck it down, like many darker beers, I think it's got a lot of, like, um, roasted caramel, coffee, yep. chocolatey, yeah. cocoa-y kind yeah. of. Yeah, kind did of you a, just say suck it down? Really? I think I just did, yeah. <laughs> He says that a lot. It's really kind of disturbing. Thankfully, usually we're not recording. They say that this beer pairs, or any barley wines and stuff, pair really well with the same kinds of things that often pair well with like good red wines, cheese and things like that. So, hmm. as an experiment, Uh-oh. I brought some Gruyere cheese oh, yeah. and some crackers. Gruyere, fancy term for cheddar. <laughs> I want to see whether or not... Wait, this looks know, like Kraft ma- uh, cheese singles. Sorry, but sorry. It's, it's Velveeta. Yeah, it's slices of Velveeta. <laughs> now, this is a kind of a medium-bodied uh, Gruyere cheese. And we'll try that out and then try the beer and see what we think. I definitely see why they say it pairs with that. Interesting. It's good. It offsets the um, the pungency of the cheese. Yeah, yeah. With kind of sweet and bitter. The yeah. savory of the cheese. It kind of pulls the flavor yeah, out. Yeah, they kind of neutralize good. each other in some way. So there we go. Cheese mm. and old it's what's ale for dinner. is good. Yeah, so you can have a beer tasting party at your house and have the cheese and the beer. It's hard to go wrong, right? Right. That's the thing, though, is a lot of people, I think, don't... There's a big movement out there about what you pair with wines. And I don't think people know what you pair with beers. I'm not sure that I do, 100%. Burgers. Well, okay, like like the, bitter, the bitters we were having were really good. Like when we had the fries, it was really good with fried food. It was really good with like just sort of basic pub food, right? I don't think this would be as good with fries or something, right? I don't know. Well, it might overwhelm the flavor of the fries. Maybe. I mean, if the fries had... You know, those kind of pungent, strong cheeses on them. Which some fries do. Fries would they do have Stilton this. fries. Maybe we should or try Or pesto. It. I'm always bet. up for eating. I think what the, the interesting thing about uh, about this kind of beer, too, is that it really, for people who don't know beer very much, when you go into this kind of a style, it really shows the variation in beer, too. There's a lot of variation, more oh, so yeah. than people would think. So it isn't just, you know, fizzy, pale beers. There's a lot of variations, right. and this one is a, you know, a real, and it's a really strong variation because it's not a stout. So people are familiar with dark beers like stouts, and they just assume that they're all really harsh, you know, stout beers, really, you know, like strong, bitter, yeah. you know, fill you up beers. This is actually a lot easier to drink, but it's of a different variety than a stout. It's yeah, more it was... like a, I wouldn't say it's port, though. No, it's I think not some port. of the Belgians are getting closer to that than but, this would be. But I understand what you're saying about it really clearly stands apart. I mean, like, you know, we had talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, our first beer experiences when I went to college. I got mm-hmm. some, I, I think it was the, the McEwen Scotch Ale, and that clearly stood apart. And this is in that vein, you know, where if I taste it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so this is what beer can be. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I think, too, this is the kind of beer that if you if you know someone who doesn't like beer at all or thinks that they don't, 
have them try something like this because it's so different from what they've likely tried. Yep. I would say that if you have a friend who's highly into wine yeah, or into some kinds of uh, liquors like uh, scotches flavor. and things like that, yeah. and they're not really into beer because they assume it's all Coors and Budweiser, have them try something like this. I think, I mean, I don't know a lot about wine, but I tend to think that, that beer has a wider range of flavors than wine. I mean, if you go from things like the hoppy stuff, you go to things like the smoked beers, yeah. There's only the so Belgians many things that are really grapes. sweet, the really fruity, <laughs> apple beers, this, I mean... It goes all over I'm, the place. I'm a big wine head, so I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just going to say that I don't think thing. beer is limited. I think beer has got every bit the range that wine does. Yes. I'm not sure which one actually. It would be interesting actually to count them up. How many styles of wine versus how many styles of beer. Mm. That would pretty much tell you. Not entirely, because think how much variation there is even among styles. Well, style, that's well true. not yeah. only that, but but I think Eric's got a, a pretty valid point. No, I mean, doesn't. wine no, is typically no, not infused with other things. Yeah, there's just grapes. It's just, it's just more or less That's not true. Really? That's not true. We have wine that gets infused with other things. Okay, bro. There's like blueberry wine. There's raspberry wine. There's cherry wines. There's cherry wines. There's different kinds of spices and wines. Does it substantially change the flavor, though? Yeah. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm wrong. <laughs> sometimes we'll do. Sometimes maybe we'll do a uh, on tap wine edition, and we'll go into my cellar and pull out a couple variations. <laughs> oh, they of do. Wines. Um, they do wine plates here. You have a cellar? Yeah, <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> that's what we're calling it now. I thought that was just a corner of yeah. the apartment. I thought it was a paper bag <laughs> in the corner of his kitchen. All right, rate this, rate this beer out of 10. Bell's Third Coast Old Ale. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear this. I'm expecting he's going to go like a four or five. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm... I mean, I don't... I, it's okay, but it's not something I would order. And so that's why I, I feel like I have to go like a five... For that area, it's, I don't dislike it though, so I feel like I should go a little higher, maybe five and a half. It's not something I would normally order. It's because of the lack of bitterness, isn't it? That, yeah, the really strong malty taste to me is—it's—it's it's almost overpowering and um, like cloying. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like thick, like drinking syrup, kind of. It is. I, it prefer, is I guess I prefer more of a crisp, clean taste. I guess to some extent. Hmm. Okay. But, I would say um, it's good to try it. I really like the the maltiness of it, and the sweetness of it, and the portiness of it. Um, you know, I think I would put this up with the high that that I, I think I gave. Uh, uh, what did we do last week? We the 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 Ruddles yeah. County Ale. Yeah. Um, if uh, if I had to say that, I would put that on that. It'd be a different. It'd be a different reason that I would drink this. Yeah. But I put that along there, so maybe like a seven, seven and a half. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to have a problem with how to rate these beers. Yeah, it's hard to do. Well, and so here's my problem. My problem is is that I want to rate beers that I really enjoy in a sitting drinking higher, but then there's a beer like this, and I'm not sure that I'd actually order just to sit down and drink. But when you do things like pair it with this cheese, it's actually really good, and it goes back to what I was talking about last week about... Um, that uh, porter that I had with the, the uh, cherry bread pudding and duck yeah, kind of thing, yep. which was really good, but yeah. in and of itself, I'm not sure that I would drink that porter alone. I, I'd pick something more like a bitter or an Oktoberfest or, you know, Meritzen, whatever, right? So it's a little hard to rate this. So I guess I'm going to try to rate this on the scale of situational. If I was in a situation where I was going to drink this paired with something, how would I rate it? Because I don't know that on its on its own as a drinking beer, I think I'd rate it like a four or something. I wouldn't drink it very much. Yeah. It's good, but it's not good enough that I want to drink it all the time. But with something that I'm pairing it with, with the right meal, 
drinking it as maybe it's supposed to be as a as a less of like a pub shooter than a, just a, a hearty, you know, well made, well crafted beer. Then I'm going to give it like a six and a half because it's a really good beer for those applications. And then I think that's a problem that I have with the ratings that we're doing is that I don't know how to put the well, beer. It's hard to rate anything, right? You know? Yeah, it's well, we're rating it on a single vector scale of one to ten. Yeah, right? all things, and you're right. There's different situations for everything, but in general. Does it? Would you rather drink? I, I try to. I try to do it comparatively. Well, would I rather so drink imagine, one of these than say an Arcadia. ESB imagine you're 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 somewhere that has ten beers on tap. Would this be the first one that you pick, or the second, or the third? Depends or? on what's on tap. But no. well, that's true. But you know yeah. what I'm saying, right? Like a range of beers. I, I I might if I'm feeling like trying it, or but I mean normally if I'm looking for something that I already know, then I would pick something else. See, probably. and I think though that belays the point that like sometimes like I'll. I'll have stouts or whatever at the house or porters and things like that, yeah. but I'll only drink them occasionally with certain things. I don't go through m- multiple ports or, or, or uh, porters or multiple stouts, yeah. but I will go through multiple Meritsons or Pilsners True. or bitters yeah. Yeah. or, you know, yeah, whatever. Well, so and that's what we're doing. We're running through all the bitters and getting a baseline. So we start with the bitters to get a baseline numbers kind of for things, and now we're kind of grouping this along with those and saying, okay, so if I throw this into the mix... Where does this rank amongst yeah. my favorite bitters or amongst my less favorite bitters? So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's kind of just balancing the numbers. There. I think, though, too, that just like wine, so I do the same thing with wine. You're not, And, and you'll know what I'm talking about instantly. You might drink uh, multiple glasses of Chardonnays or Cabernet Sauvignons, right? But you're not going to drink multiple glasses of port. You're going to uh, sip Speak port. of yourself. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I might, yeah. yeah. All right, well, see, then it's just too easy to throw out. So maybe I shouldn't rate this beer so high then. Maybe I'm thinking it's more like a six or something. It's well-crafted, and I like it for its application, but I'm not sure that I would order this yeah. beer... Well, I think, too, it's it's hard because it's like normally when you're drinking a beer or whatever, you order it, you drink it, and basically you think, do I like it or not? You know, do I regret ordering it? Do I wish I'd ordered something else? And I mean, I wouldn't, in, in that situation, I wouldn't say, oh, man, I'm sorry I ordered this. I, I, at I all, would, I, I'd I, be like, oh, I'm glad I tried it. I like it, you know, but. I put it at a seven things. because I figure if I came in here again and I wanted like a sweeter type beer, I'd order this. Okay. Honest to God, I really love it with the cheese. Yeah, it's really That's good. That's all I have to say, that it really does offset that cheese well. So from that standpoint, I love this beer. And Ashley's, I think, does have some kind of cheese. Alright, so there you go. Bell's Third Coast Old Ale. Our first venture into the old ale style. I'm liking being in this style. This is a good style to be in. from Ashley's to Original Gravity Brewing Company here in Milan, Michigan, and we're sitting in their awesome beer hall area with the owner and brewmaster, Brad Sancho. Original Gravity, for people who don't know, um, I'm just going to give my opinion. I think this is one of the finest breweries in Michigan, definitely the best one in southeastern Michigan. Frankly, I'd put this above Bells or Arcadia, but that's just me. Original Gravity is just, it's kind of a newer brewing company within the past, when, when did you open, Brad? Uh, we had our two-year anniversary in June, so 
approaching two and a half years in December. So. Okay. And you guys are kind of riding the whole uh, new Michigan beer wave. Uh, there's, just, there's an explosion of beer in the state right now. The fact that they're even calling it the Great Beer State as a marketing play. They went from, I think they've got, what, 82-some breweries now in the state? Something like that, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. How did you get into running a brewing company? How did it all start? What was your journey of beer? I started home brewing in 2002. And it was kind of weird. It wasn't one of those things where... Uh, Oh, I love craft beer and I want to make my own, you know, it was like, at that time I was not drinking good beer, to be honest, and uh, my uh, brother-in-law was making beer with some of his friends and they didn't really know what they were doing, but I, I found it interesting, so I went over there and got drunk with them and they made beer, and you know, a couple weeks later we tried it and it was freaking horrible, and, <laughs> but it was interesting, so I bought a book and I was like reading it, and you guys didn't do this right, you're not supposed to do this, like, what? what are you doing, so it sparked my interest, and so I... Uh, you know, bought a little bit of equipment and tried it on my own and just uh, really never had any type of satisfaction like that, making anything, like any hobbies, anything I did in school, you know, just nothing was that satisfying. It's kind of like the working with your hands kind of mentality, you know, you get to do something from start to finish and it was just it was very rewarding and uh, it just started from there. How long did it take when you... Uh when you first started doing homebrewing, to get a brew that actually you thought was, you know, solid and well made, how many mistakes, basically? You know, the first the first one was horrible. That one went down the drain. What what, what style did you try first? You remember? I don't even. I, I blocked that. <laughs> no, it was. I don't even know. I think it's just some basic like English brown ale or something like that. Um, it's funny because a lot of homebrewers that I talk to will start on some style that. You know, is incredibly complicated to get right, and it's like, why, why would you start like some smoke porter or something? Yeah. It's like smoke. I, you can't smoke something in your kitchen easily. So, <laughs> yeah, I never. It was kind of funny. I, when I was home brewing, I really didn't do anything too crazy and off the wall. You know, and nothing. Nothing was that that wild. I really, once I opened this place up, you know, we've got our basic menu beers, but then we got our small back system. Then I started playing around with a lot of like crazy fruits and vegetables and spices and. A bunch of other crazy stuff. And it's probably worth noting, too, to the listening audience that I think for me, Original Gravity is best known as doing a lot of really unusual beers. Like, I'm thinking of your 440 Pepper Smoker and the uh, Orange Training Wheels, the Belgian Yeah, we've got, a, we've got our, our Belgian beer that's on. Uh, it's a white Belgian golden ale, and we we do a version of that with uh, Orange Peel. Yeah. Um, so that we do that one, and yeah, you, said, you mentioned the 440 Pepper Smoker, which is a, a smoked beer. Uh, base malt's all smoked malt, and uh, it's got fresh jalapenos in it. And it's honestly one of the best smoked beers I've ever had, honestly. It's, it's just a great uh, beer. It, it really turned out nice, and I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. It is a good, it is a really nice beer. As a brewer, do your tastes change in styles of beers that you like the more you brew? I mean, the more you're exposed to uh, more complicated styles of ales, does it change? Do you, do you find that you like things now that you didn't like, say, 10 years ago? Yes and no. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, a good example is that, you know, one of the first craft beers I ever had was Bell's Two Hearted. Okay. And I got it because it was on special somewhere. I don't even remember. It was in Ann Arbor somewhere. Yeah. Oh, they got this on special. I'm going to get it. Try it. And it was, I thought it was the most wretched beer I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, what is this? But, you know, at that time I was was drinking, you know, American lagers. And, uh, 
now that's like one of my favorite beers. Well, they say your palate evolves too. Yep. Sometimes you have to almost force your palate to evolve yeah. by trying things that are complicated, yep. and then you, you gain an appreciation and pleasure out of it because of it. So, so if you had to pick a beer that was you could single out, like you had a, stuck on a desert island oh, somewhere, Lord. one beer, <laughs> the only beer you could have, what would it be? I would probably say a nice American IPA of some style. You know, okay. Whether it be mine or Bell's Too Hearted or Shorts Unalupa or okay. um, Founders Red Red Rise probably one of my top top beers. Cool. Wow. So this is this is an interesting lead-in because one of the things we've been discussing kind of off the cuff and just for fun is is there a place for like the American lager like but like the mass produced of like Budweiser or Michelob and those kind of things. And we've all got opinions on it and kind of expounded a little bit, but I'm curious, as a, as a brewmaster, what do you think? Is there a, is there a place for those types of beer? <laughs> When's the last time you had a Bud Light? A Bud Light? <laughs> Actually, this this summer, <laughs> this summer I had a Bud Light. It was the first time I've had that in a long time, and it was not good. <laughs> but but I think I think it's the light beer. I've been known on occasion to drink a Stroh's or something like that, you know? And every time I do, people, they, they look at me and they're like, oh my God, like, they, they just can't believe it, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just beside themselves, like, you know, once in a while I'll have something like that, you know? The first time in my life this weekend I had uh, PBR. Okay. That's Blue, Blue Ribbon. I've never had it before. You know, everybody just raves about it. There's sort of like a set, there's the hipster set loves yeah. PBR right now, right? So I'm like, ah, oh, what the hell, I'll try it. Honestly, it's not bad. It's not the worst beer ever. It won a blue ribbon. I mean, you know, <laughs> 1893. It did. <laughs> yep. yeah. So looking for all it's worth. Yep. No, I mean those are not the beers that I drink all the time. But you know, I, I do drink those. There's a place for them. for sure. All right. So tell us if you could just a little beer 411. Walk us through the process in making beer. What are the what are the sort of the core ingredients? How does the beer get made? How does it go from the barley to the finished product? In just sort of general terms. General terms, you've got uh, you know four ingredients. You got malted barley, hops, yeast, and water. So the the malted barley gets mixed with water um, at a controlled temperature. And what you're doing there is you're converting the starches in the barley into sugars. Okay, and those sugars that you create at this controlled temperature will later be fermented by the brewer's yeast that you add. And when you say ferment, it means that the yeast uh, eat those sugars, they create alcohol or ethanol, and then they release CO2 as part of the life cycle. The hops are added um, during the brewing process to give a, a spice or a balance to that malty sweetness that you're creating, um, as well as some aroma and some flavor characteristics. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, I mean, that's that's about as quick as I could do it. I sure, mean, no, no, no. Well, tell us. So, how, how long does beer usually sit in a in a cask situation? Is it, is it depending on the style? Um, like in one of my fermenters. Yeah. Um, it does depend on the style. Um, you know, if you're making lagers, which I mentioned, I don't make. Um, the reason I don't make them is because I don't have enough equipment. Because the lagers take longer to make. I mean, lager means to store in German, so they just they ferment at cooler temperatures. They uh, take longer to ferment, and then they actually benefit from some aging process at cooler temperatures. Um, and I just don't have that kind of equipment to tie that up for that long. And what about beers where there's a and some additive flavor to it, so like like your orange peel? Yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing that 
effects. Kind of going back to your previous question was, um, you know, the amount of alcohol that's in the beer. There's a, if it's a big beer made a lot of alcohol, you know, it's going to take longer to ferment out, and it's actually going to benefit from some aging to kind of let those, those flavors and, and stuff kind of melt together a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, typically, you know, our, our menu beers, our IPAs are highest alcohol, and it's 6.6%, which is... There's IPAs that are higher than this, but that's our highest. And then when the Mason Brewer, which was the, the bitter I was talking about, that's about a four and a half, four point eight percent beer. So I mean we're we're pretty much between five and seven percent range on beers. Those are all kind of normal strength beers, I guess I would say. They're normal strength normal strength craft beers. And and those um, you know, they ferment in condition for about three weeks. So pretty much every we go through everything here pretty quick. I mean our even our slowest seller would be gone in about six weeks, which was kind of nice that the system that I have is sized for that. Because I mean, this beer is meant to be consumed fresh. I mean, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I do have some big beers that I do occasionally. I've got a Scotch ale that we do. Um, I got a big Imperial IPA that we do. I did a ginger ale that was about seven and a half percent that we did this year. And all three of those beers I've got aging right now in some uh, bourbon barrels in the cooler. So those will all be released, um, I don't know, sometime this winter. Is that new for you doing, doing the cask aging and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, completely new. That's a big new trend now, too. Everybody yeah, it definitely it is. And I, and I do enjoy bourbon beers, and I like bourbon itself. Good man. But they, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, the one, it's, it's, it's interesting to find some of those bourbon beers. They can be overdone. Yes. If they're just, taste so bourbon, I'd rather just have a glass of bourbon, in my opinion. You know, so it's got to be just a subtle compliment to the malt and everything else that's going on. And, you know, you get the wood characteristics from the from the, the barrels as well. So, so what what happens if you left out hops? What if you just went all malt? You'd have a a sweeter beer, I guess. You know, um, if it's still a beer, if it doesn't, Bud Light doesn't have a lot of hops. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> have a lot of malt either. A lot of water. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It depends how much corn you put in there. But no, it's um the ginger ale that I just mentioned. Um, that was brewed without hops. Okay, so it's malt and like ginger, and it's spiced with uh, fresh grated ginger. Um, That's probably why I liked it. Yeah, and uh, it was brewed without hops. I did dry hop it a little bit. Like there was no hops in the boil or anything like that. I did put a dry hop addition to get a little bit of aroma. But it was pretty nice because the spiciness from the ginger root balanced it out. And then you got the carbonation, you know, in the beer too, which kind of balances those things out too. So, so is the only required ingredients for beer water and barley? I guess it depends who you ask if you go by the German, the German beer purity law, German beer purity law, you know, it's, it's those four ingredients, you know, um, but you can make beer with, uh, I mean, they did it, you know, I guess in the, you know, 10,000 year history of beer, hops is actually a relatively new ingredient. Many centuries. Well, and they, they can make a wheat beer too, right? Does that still have uh, malt? Well, it's malted. It's malted wheat. Malted wheat, and, multi- and then you got malted rye. But it's not barley. It's not barley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's the sorghum beers now too. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of beer. Yeah. Brad, why don't you give everyone like your address and how to find you, and website, website and all that whatever. good stuff? Yeah, website is uh, ogbrewing.com, and then we're uh, located at 440 County Street in Milan. And uh, 
just south of Ann Arbor, west of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're 15 minutes, you know, out of Ann Arbor. Well worth the drive. If you're ever in the Ann Arbor area, definitely come down to here. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right. That's the show. Thanks for joining us. Call us with your beer reviews at uh, 734-418-7077. Also, come talk with us and other ONTAP fans in our forums, which you can find at www.taverncast.com. Please review us on iTunes, too. Your reviews help the show grow. Basically, the more reviews we get, uh, the more people notice the show, the bigger the show gets, the more shows we can do. It's kind of like that. So get and on more... up to iTunes, search ONTAP, or search TavernCast. Look for the ONTAP show in the TavernCast family of podcasts. Click on tap, go review the show. We would appreciate it. And the more reviews you leave, the more beer we get to drink. So, oh, good point. <laughs> you know, leave reviews, please. We loves the fans. So see you next time as we stay in the old ale style with Arbor Brewing's Jackhammer, a local local uh, microbrewery here in town. Like a half mile from here. Yep, not even. I don't think it probably yeah, three probably blocks from here. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see what that's all about. Good. All right. See you later, guys. Keep drinking. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. On Tap, a Taverncast podcast brought to you by Snapdragon. Give us a call here on... Uh,